or it's noon. Hello and welcome to the Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Cambo and I'll be your host, but I'm not alone. Joining me, as always, is actor and comedian Eden Porter. Hello, Cambo. Thanks for having me. Now, last episode, we talked all about Justice League Mortal, and that was my report to you, telling you all about that film. This week, however, we're spinning it around, we're Turning turning, turning the tables, and now it's your turn to report a movie to me. That's right. What do we got? Okay, well, today we're looking at Alien 3. But wait a minute, Eden. We already have an Alien 3. Ah, yes, you would think that. But I'm talking about Vincent Ward's Alien 3. Right, so this is one of the many Alien 3 projects. Correct. Correct. Okay. If you're ready, let's get into it. The year is 1979. An alien has just hit the screens. Ridley Scott came out and changed the world of sci-fi forever. Fast forward a few years later, it's now 1986, and Aliens has hit our silver screens, directed, of course, by James Cameron. And he changed the the entire concept of a sci-fi action film. Yeah, so everyone was excited. What could come next for the Alien franchise? It seemed it could do nothing wrong. It was the early 90s. Everyone wanted to see what was going to happen. And there was a number of scripts flying around. Lots of different versions. And today we're going to be looking at one in particular. And that, of course, is Vincent Ward's Alien 3. It was written by Vincent Ward and John Frasno. And their previous credits include, I'm not sure if you know Cambo, but um, Vincent Ward had uh, directed What Dreams May Come. And he also... the the Robin Williams movie. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And also produced The Last Samurai. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. And John uh, Fasno, he he wrote Another 48 Hours. Okay, yep. And also Universal Soldier, The Return. <laughs> Not the original, The Return. Right. Yes, and he also produced uh, the film Tombstone. Okay, so we're great in, uh, We're in great company. We here. are. And, and even I just want to say before we even get into Alien 3, I think something important to note about Aliens is not only did it like redefine that sci-fi action genre, but it kind of redefined what sequels are and can be. Yes, correct. Because it's a sequel that is kind of not much like the original at all. No, and it took the concept, it took the DNA yeah. of the original and did something totally different with it. It wasn't just like a, re- a rehash or a redo or anything like that. They really changed that idea that you yeah. can do something different. And one of the rare examples of a sequel as good, in some people's minds, even better, better than the original. You only get that rarely, like a Godfather Part Two or yeah. a, Empire, the, Strikes the Dark Knight. Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just for a bit of context, um, these two gentlemen were actually the fourth and fifth of ten different writers to tackle <laughs> Alien Three. Yeah, so it was a it was a free for all out there. So this is one of the things I I've tangentially know is that this movie went through so many different phases and no one could quite get it right yes. and none of them very similar. No, all completely different, all completely out there. We can see what Vincent Ward ended up doing was taking little bits of DNA and a few other little uh-huh. things and you can actually see when we talk about later what actually became Alien 3, David Fincher's Alien 3, how some of this lives on in that. Yeah, which is interesting because we saw that a bit in Justice League Mortal. Yes. Like even specific things like a neck snap. <laughs> <laughs> have like yeah, ca- right have there. carried through. So it's always interesting to see where the film bleeds kind of lie. And now I know that there was the other, there's there's several cancelled yes. Alien 3s. Probably the, the best known one is the William Gibson, which got turned into like a comic book and a, and a yep. thing. But that's, I feel like, kind of in covered heaps. Yeah. So we want these like little nugget versions. This is, this is I think once we start going into it, you'll, you'll start to remember, oh, yeah, I've heard a rumour about that or right. I think I've heard a bit of that. Um, but, of course, the, the casting for yeah, this of didn't, didn't quite get up to that point. But Sigourney Weaver, obviously, yep. as Ellen Ripley yep. uh, reprising her role. Now, interestingly, no one else from the right. franchise. And you remember this comes straight off the back yeah. of Aliens, Aliens, which clearly has So so no no Hicks. No Hicks and no Newt. Which is interesting because mm. one of the biggest criticisms of the Alien 3 we did get was their immediate demise. Right, correct. Like in the like, opening o- credits. Like almost off screen. Like it yeah, was just yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's done. like during the opening title sequences, mm. they're just like, and he's dead and she's dead and it's like, oh, but I really like them. <laughs> yeah. Can you spend a whole movie trying to save them? <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's, so that's interesting that that came from this version. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. And um, actually, interestingly to note on that fact, uh, they actually died off screen at the start of 
this. And there's a little quote from uh, from Mr. Ward himself okay. with his decision why he did this. And that was, of course, this is a direct quote from him. One of the first things I wanted to do was kill off Newt. <laughs> she annoyed me. <laughs> That oh, was great. his. That was his number one thing to do. <laughs> writing this film, Ridic- poor Newt, mate. Uh, the okay. There's there's two words that I've heard synonymous with the Vincent Ward alien film, and I'm hoping that we're going to get some context throughout this episode. And those words are wooden planet. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I don't know what the context of wooden planet is. Yep. But people, there, there's. Oh, are you talking about the William Gibson cancelled or the wooden, wooden planet, planet cancelled <laughs> movie? <laughs> So, well, we're definitely going to get into that, Gabo. So I guess um, you, we need to account for all people here. And just like it's uh, maybe people have never read a comic that listened to Justice League, there are potentially people who have never seen an alien film listening this to true. this episode. This is true. What is the story thus far in the Alien franchise? Okay. Well, the, the, the entire franchise is based around Ellen Ripley, who starts off as just she's on a, an, on a cargo ship um, and uh, they go down to a planet to investigate um, a distress signal. One of their crew members gets a face hugger, an alien on their face. They think everything's fine. They go back to the ship and then an alien bursts. You know, one of the classic yeah. cinematic scenes bursts out. Ripley then has to fight the alien. She ends up blowing up the ship, killing the alien. Yeah, and, and the first alien is like a like a monster like, in a house movie. Yeah, correct. They're on a spaceship. Yep. There's a monster somewhere on the spaceship, and it's very uh, claustrophobic. claustrophobic. Yeah, yep. yeah, very. And it's it's it is that horror film in space. No right. one can hear you scream in yeah. space. Um, and then that moves into James Cameron's Aliens, uh, which is takes that 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 idea of that horror film and changes into an action film. So now they have to go back to the planet. They take Ripley. They take a, a bunch of colonial marines with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like eight, some 80-odd years later or some such? Yes, because she's been in hypersleep right. for that entire time. Um, they wake her up from hypersleep. They say, look, we've got to go back. We've got to kill these things. And she only decides to go back because they are going to uh, kill them all, um, which ends at the end of that because obviously we're running straight into this film. It ends with only three survivors at the end of that film. They they get shot out in the uh, escape pod after destroying the queen alien. All right, so who we got on the ship? So we've got... so. Ellen Ripley. Check. Yeah, so she's there. She's in hypersleep. Yeah. We have the little saviour, Newt. Yes? Yeah, so the little little blonde girl yep. and uh, Sigourney Weaver becomes like a mother figure to her. Correct, correct. So she also gets put into hypersleep. She survives and gets put into hypersleep. And then we have Hicks, who is one of the, the Marines that's really... He's the captain. He's the hero. He's looked after them yep. as well, um, and he's also in hypersleep. And so they've finally they've killed the alien queen. They've shot out into space, and they're all in their hyperspace. Great! Shoes. I look forward to hearing more about all three of those characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All three, definitely all three. <laughs> okay. Well, then let's get into the film. We open on a river of molten glass. 1,300 degrees Fahrenheit, bubbling away, white-hot, flames flickering against the wooden walls. There's patches of timber all around and smoke billowing up from the floor. A man walks out onto a narrow ledge overlooking this glassworks, so where okay. they, they make glass. His clothes are medieval, wearing only a long robe. He's a monk. Okay. Okay. He begins to to work these wooden structures and pumping bellows on the side of the walls. He leaps down from one of the lofty perches onto a a wooden platform below and he starts to to blow and and use this bellow on on the molten glass. More monks enter and they start blowing and shaping molten glass, cracking off the finishing pieces. One monk, Brother John, uh, tends to a wound of another in the corner. He's burnt his arm in uh, in an accident that's been here. Bells signal that it's time for lunch, and while the other monks head to the mess hall, Brother John instead ascends to the wooden monastery to look through the library. Brother John. Brother Philip. Feeding the mind instead of the body. Again. My training has taught me to feed what's hungry. (laughs) As did mine. Uh, As long as you're alone, enjoy yourself. And remember, no book leaves the library. How could I forget? Have a good meal. Perfect. Brother John takes a book from the shelf and begins to read aloud. In the year of our Lord, 1348, I, Brother Gonaldio of the Minera Abbey, helped bury the abbot and my 60 fellow monks. Sometimes I think you'd like that. Abbot? I, I didn't think anyone would... Mind? Just Philip, if me. I passed him on the way up. 
He said you'd come in alone. I knew better. Hello, Matthias. How are you, boy? We know what Philip says about Matthias's hair and his breathing. You will have to take him out of here. He likes when I read to him, and I can't... Oh. Well, someone must have left this book unlocked. Here, take it with you. Father, I... Your cow tells me you did a great job at the glassworks today. I'll reserve judgment until the patient lives. It does get easier. Father Anson was an unexpected loss. But you will do fine. Thank you. Just have the book back by the end of lunch. Oh, and uh, I didn't see you in here. Let's go upstairs, boy. Okay, so Brother John doing a bit of a sneaky in the old uh, monk library. Yeah, so you can see the atmosphere that we're creating there when yeah. there's a monastery sort of library area and there's a big glassworks there. Which is interesting because there's two things I already see have carried over a little bit, mm -hmm. which is um, kind of a religious uh, fraction. We, in, in the in the third alien, uh, it was like a, a monk prison planet. Yes. Uh, well, they weren't monks. No, in no, this that, sense. it was a prison planet, but they were they had turned to religion to try and deal with them being on this prison planet. Yes, and the other element I'm seeing already is a dog. Yes, good, <laughs> good yeah, pick up there, Kevin. Very interesting. Very good. So you can see they're in medieval robes, like these are legitimate monks yeah. in this sort of wooden environment, which is very strange for an alien film. Yeah, very, very strange at this point. Well, I mean, I mean, the first Alien film starts off quite slow and mm. moody, and, and it, I guess it's a little bit like that. Though a glass blowing sequence with monks on a wooden planet is a pretty far cry from, <laughs> yeah. from where we started yeah. this franchise, from like the cargo hold <laughs> of the ship. But it's it's definitely put itself in a place, yes, and it's very it, it's very visceral, yeah. like it's totally different to what we're sort of used to, and I sort of like that, right? And so this film, unless I'm mistaken, is going to be set on a monk planet. Well, let's okay. just uh, okay. let's let's let's, <laughs> right. let, let's keep let's keep going, let's keep ticking away at this. So obviously, brother John, we've sort of picked up that he he loves his books and his knowledge, and even though it's sometimes it's maybe forbidden or looked mm. down upon, but he has moved into the position of the healer in this group of monks sure. and the abbot has taken a liking to him as well. Um, the abbot, the, the crotchety old abbot. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll definitely see more of the abbot. Yeah, well, there's one in every alien film. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Okay. So Brother John takes the book and he heads up to the bell tower now above the, the library area to the roof of the abbey and he looks out. And the camera sort of pans, or I imagine the camera pans, yeah. pans across to reveal the roof of the abbey is actually the surface of a planet, oh. a wooden planet. This is Archon, a man-made orbiter. Right. So, okay. So, it's it's the whole planet is man-made. Yes. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, is, but like, they say planet, <laughs> not a moon. No, no, no. It's it's a it's an orbiter. Okay, right. So, so it yeah, is a, like, it's like almost a, a satellite. Yeah, like like Pluto, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it is a, it, it's not not nearly as big as you're thinking in your head, right, by the right. way. So it's a it's a shell of lightweight formed steel in uh -huh. the middle with wood around it. Wow. And it's only five miles in di diameter. Oh, right. Yeah, okay, very so small. It's, so it's only only quite small. Um, but you find out that it was constructed by the Wayland Utani oh, Corporation. No. Yes, they're back. And for those not in the know, they're up to no good all the time. All the time. <laughs> now, they're a through line throughout all the alien films. They are this mysterious company that have sort of taken over what we know as Earth and they've been this this global power that has either been a quite nefarious in the past trying to capture the alien and use it for, yeah. for, for um, no good reason. If I remember correctly, in the movie Prometheus, uh, Wayland played inexplicably by Guy Pearce in old man makeup. <laughs> Instead of casting an old man, yes. they cast a middle-aged man and then put him in old man makeup. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Makes sense to me, mate. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Um, so we're on this orbiter All right now. And what would the what would that company want with a monk planet? Well, okay, we're going to find out later, Cameron. There's a lot to this onion, <laughs> onion of an orbiter. Um, it appears that these monks 
they've cast aside all technology because when you look out there, it's all wood. It's all wood, right. and there's no, no no technology or metal anywhere. They've uh, they've sheathed the entire space station in wood, and it really is reminiscent of a medieval monastery. So that, this is where they're all living at the moment. Uh, and then there's a title screen that comes up with religious colony Archeon, population. 350 exiles, crime, exiles. political heresy. Oh, oh, so mate. it does have prison elements Correct. as well. Correct, yes. So it's sort of, you, you're sort of like, hang on, are they, are they prisoners? Are they not? Are they monks? What are they, what's, what's happening here? So there's a little bit to, 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 to sort through and okay. find out. So Brother John, he continues reading on the roof by himself with his dog, Matthias. Um, he notices a comet in the sky with a faint trail moving across the stars. It's slowly growing brighter, drawing nearer. We now have a time lapse of the days passing. So the days sort of passing and the comet's getting brighter and sure. brighter and brighter with more and more monks starting to assemble to watch this comet approaching. The stars almost upon the orbiter, trailing fire behind it. Hundreds of monks are now out. They're all shielding their eyes as the, the star arcs downwards, drawn towards the orbiter. It then suddenly comes in through the top I of the orbit. I don't think this is a comet at all. <laughs> no, very good, Cambo. It then crashes into the man-made lake that's in the middle of this uh, this patch of, of field. That wooden built. lake. Yeah, yeah, wooden <laughs> lake. All wood, completely wood. Um, plumes of steam start rising out from this. Uh, the water then boils and dead fish start rising to the surface. Wow. Yeah, Brother John is the first to reach the shoreline. Uh, he takes a rowboat, rushes towards the impact. Other monks are shouting warnings, but he can't hear them. He's just rowing out to the middle of this. As he gets closer, it's revealed that the this star that everyone's been looking at is actually an, an escape, escape pod. pod. Oh. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, the Seleco escape vehicle. This is from the ship that they escaped on at sure. the end of Aliens 2. Uh, Brother John, he rows right up to the pod moves towards the open hatch. He pulls it down. This metal lever then opens. Brother John, yeah, of course, crosses himself before he goes in. Good monk. Yeah, he's a great monk, mate. Even if he did commit that (laughs) political heresy. Yeah, you're correct. (laughs) He lowers himself inside the dark hatch and the door then closes behind him. Yeah? Okay. So then we're inside the escape pod. Now it's completely black. And this this is really harking back to that horror elements. Yeah, right. He can barely see. It's dim light. There are, there are the red spinning lights in the corner of something's gone wrong. He sees one broken hypersleep tube oh, and there's no. blood stains all over the interior. The blood is old. The kill happened some time ago. Oh. Drag marks lead to a pile of bloody clothing against a control panel with the head of a child doll <laughs> sitting nearby. Not a child, but a child's child doll. doll. <laughs> Which, of course, n- Belonged Newt to has. a child yeah, in correct, the previous correct. movie. Yeah. An, an annoying child. Very, very annoying. <laughs> obviously, killed him off quick smart. Now, Brother John, obviously, he's he's frightened. He's spooked. He hasn't seen this. He's, he, he lives on a, a wooden planet. This mm. is he's, he's thrown him for a loop. Fear starts to take over, but he is a doctor. And he knows that there may be someone that needs his help. He's seen all this blood around. He looks around. He's sort of blown away by seeing all these lights and, 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 and technology. He finds a video. And on the video, there is a woman speaking. Taking pod four, the crew of the SS Salako and all Marine commanders are dead. Ship sensors has interrupted the hypersleep cycle. An overlooked alien egg has hatched. Bishop and Hicks have been killed. Xenomorphs have infested the cruiser. Newt and I are taking pod four. The crew of... And then a warning tone starts. Oh, no. Brother John, his fear starts building up inside him. He reaches out and presses one of the buttons. Click. Nothing happens. He backs away into a darkened corner. This is very intense. When suddenly... (laughs) A tentacle-like... Cable drops onto his shoulder. Oh, they did a fake out. They did a fake out. That's the classic alien of the thing that, yep. that sort of comes out. Um, and then, of course, as he turns away to hit that, they hit him with the gas steam. There's always the gas steam. The, the gas steam hisses out in front of his face, scares the bejesus out of him from an, an overhead pipe. There's always an overhead pipe. Always. And this will be freaking him out because it's all metal. Oh, yeah, and he has no idea. <laughs> he has no idea. He backs up scared for his life, but he knocks into another hypersleep tube, but this one is still operational. 
he's overcoming his fear at this point and he, he, he looks down at the, at the tube. He starts wiping away and he can see someone inside. He suddenly hears other monks from outside yelling to him, get out of there, get out of there, it's forbidden, it's forbidden, it's technology. The ship lurches and the water starts to sink in because we're in a lake, remember, yeah, so it's so slowly starting to, to, to flood. Help me, brothers. We must get her out of here before it sinks. Give me a hand. Brother John sees a, a red button, emergency open. He presses it and the tube hisses to life. And then we cut. Oh. Yeah. So that's good. That's that's a nice spooky alien esque. Yeah, scene. and so that feels very alien. It mm. feels very. It's got that same that familiar sort of like you're in these sort of damp sort of lights going off. What's happening? Yep. The gas comes. Out. I can just I can really imagine that whole. E- Eden, I got to tell you, I'm imagining these lights are flickering. Yeah, of course, <laughs> highly flickering. And my there, friend. There, there's some like iconography that goes along with alien, and it's slow tracking shots down a hallway. Yep. There's dragged blood stains. Yep. Flickering lights, droopy cables. It's hitting all of yeah. this. It's great. So he's really he's taken the the mythos on board when mm-hmm. he's written this part. So we've obviously we've cut there. We now then cut back to Ripley, unconscious, lying on the rowboat with Brother John holding her head, sort of cradling her, as they're going back to shore. We're now inside the abbey with Ripley. Ripley's lying down. She tries to sit up but can't. Brother John sits next to her. She sees a, a figure behind Brother John. It moves, moves in and out of the light. It's not a human figure. It's black and shiny with a smooth head. Oh, no. It slowly moves behind Brother John. Ripley tries to move, tries to scream, but she can't. She can only move her eyes and she starts blinking rapidly. She looks at Brother John, pleading with her eyes. The alien moves so close she can feel its breath. It reaches out and touches the back of Brother John's neck. Ripley finally screams, open her eyes and bolts upright. It was just a dream. Oh, it was just a dream. Oh. But she dreamed Brother John. She dreamed, dreamed Brother John. That's so interesting. Because like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she'd wake up and be like, it's you. I've not seen you consciously, yet I dreamed you. <laughs> now, I wanna, I've got a question for Cambo here. Yeah. So- We've started to, to build this world a little bit. Mm. I was just wondering, just straight off the bat, um, what is your favourite alien film out of uh, all okay. of them, the actual real ones that are made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, can, what, can is, I, what is your actual favourite? Can I give my my take on the alien franchise in general? Yes, cool. it's, it's a controversial one. Hit me. It's a bad franchise. C- completely, in its entirety. No, not completely. Yeah. But it is now past the point where there is more bad alien films than good alien films. Yes. So there, it's the same with the Terminator franchise. Yep. It is now technically a, a bad franchise. A bad franchise. Yep. However, the first two are very good. Um, when I was younger, cause I'm, I'm an old crotchety man now, um, <laughs> but uh, I used to like Aliens. Yes. I thought that was the, the that cooler was, movie. It was action-packed. There was guns. Yeah, James but Cameron. But in hindsight um, and coming to appreciate films a little more, I think that Alien is actually the better film. Um, and I think that's the one I actually go back to more. You're an alien guy. Okay. Yeah. I totally disagree. Aliens okay. is the better film. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it is so ridiculously quotable, that film. Yes. And the fact that the, the colonial marines are just absolutely amazing. And the fact that most of them get killed yeah. so quickly into that film. <laughs> but that, that's a great study on you can make these really, really clear characterizations of people. Uh-huh. They basically have hardly any screen time at all, but I feel like you love every single one of those characters and then they're not afraid to kill them, yeah. which I love yeah. because it makes it mean so much more. And what, what, what I think is really good about Aliens, um, in, in, like to your point, is that it, uh, it essentially just rewrote the book in a way, being like the first one was great standalone. We're just going to do something else entirely. And now for something and completely different. Yeah, kind yeah. of. And it, like- when in in that time in the eighties, where a sequel was just, well, let's try and do it again. Yeah, and yeah, let's just do that to, again. To James Cameron's credit, he is actually pretty good at sequels, not delivering the same thing again. He'll go a completely new direction with all of these sequels, and I actually really think that that's cool. Yeah, it's like it's you could call it a whole different franchise and change the design of the aliens, and it would be because yeah. the DNA yeah, of alien yeah, is that's so true. slight. That's true. That's very true. Okay, let's get back in. Let's check back in with Ripley. Okay. Now, she's just woken up from her dream. We're back in the room with Ripley. 
there's a window and she looks outside to see something resembling the, the garden of earthly delights. Okay. So he's, she's looking out over everything so you can get a picture of what's happening. So monks labouring under a beautiful blue sky. They're picking apples. There's, it's basically like an orchard. Um, there's fishing down by the lake, uh, workers with hammers and saws building wooden cottages. Uh, it, it sort of makes her feel good. She's looking at this. It's sort of like heaven she's looking at. She can also see in the distance they're actually pull, pulling her escape pod out of the lake. Yeah, they're slowly, they've got winches yeah, okay. and they're sort of pulling it to the shore. She scans the countryside. There are sheep even grazing around wooden ladders down down by the side of the. What uh, are they eating? They're, they're grass. They've so, got, they've, they've so, sowed so underneath grass. the grass is wood. Yes, okay. They've got they've got soil on there as well. Interesting. All so right. it is it is literally this, and then off in the corner there's a huge field of grass that right. that they use for their crops okay. to grow. Because remember, this is a self sustaining. Yeah. It's quite Wouldn't Amish, in fact. Very, it feels very yeah. Amish. Feels very Amish. Are they raising a barn? <laughs> <laughs> Only for it to be destroyed. <laughs> um, now, at the, at the end of the, uh, she notices when she looks a bit more closely, it's not actually a blue sky. It's actually a painted roof to resemble oh. where she can see where there's been a hole damage where her her right. uh, ship had crashed through. Yeah. They're actually fixing it up and it's all painted. There's the abbey in the corner as well and cottages. So it's it's she realizes so, so the whole planet has like a dome yeah, over it. Yeah. Similar to uh like in, in Las Vegas, some of the casinos paint a sky in, Correct. in the casino to have the yes. illusion of outside. The, yes, yeah. the uh, Venetian yeah, does, right. <laughs> does that very well. Now I've just got a couple of uh images here of the planet. Of uh of our orbiter. Yeah. So just to give you some sort of context, it looks very much like a Death Star. It does, yeah. And these pictures will be there's a link in the bio for a blog that we have set up, and you can see all of this concept art. But you're right, it does have a very Death Star look about it. Yeah. Uh, even the slit through the middle, middle. of the planet yep. is very Death Star. Yeah. It's uh it's a it's a cool design though. It is a very, very cool design. Yeah, absolutely. Um and you can tell that they've actually spent a long time um with the inner workings. Oh, great. So there's like a cross-section diagram. Yeah. yeah. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou style. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, th- okay. I really like all of this. Like whenever people, like when concept art, Ralph McQuarrie on the original Star Wars was big on this, where he would do like minute details of ships and, and stuff like that. That really doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> but but you have you have to think it all through logically. that world. Yeah. Which is amazing. And they've literally built this world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're in, we're in with Ripley in her room now. She's on top of her bed. Who are you? I am the abbot, the leader of this colony. And you? Ripley? How did I get here? Your vehicle crash-landed. Brother John found you and he... Brought you here. Where is here? This is the Meteorite Abbey in the man-made orbiter, Arsian. Can I use a radio to- We have no radio here. We are a monistic order. We have renounced all modern technology. We live the old way. Ugh, I still don't feel 100%. Whoever took me out of the stasis tube must not have run the full DF program. Where's Noon? There was a little girl with me. You were alone. No, she was with me. I put her in the stasis tube. We launched you when the- You were the only living thing found aboard that vessel. Oh. God. Noon. It came with us. What, what came with Listen. you? There is a danger here. It came with me. How long have I been here? Almost two days. Loose for two days? This planet could be overrun within the week. Look, there is a xenomorph. An alien creature. A killer. A monster. And now it's here. Calm down, Ripley. Okay. I was in a platoon of Marines on a mission to planetoid LV-4T6. We left Earth six months ago, maybe a year. Wait, wait, just a moment. Could you leave us? Of course. Please, continue. 
We launched in the cruiser Sulaco from Gateway Suborbital Space Station. I am afraid that is quite impossible. What do you mean? When, when we left Earth 70 years ago, it was the brink of a new dark age. Technology was on the verge of destroying all of Earth's environments. A computer virus threatened all recorded knowledge. There did not appear to be any way in which it could be averted. In the 40 years plus since we've been dragged out here in, in hypersleep, the, well, the news that came with occasional supply ships, it... Well, it, it only got worse. And then finally, the, well, the ship stopped coming. We had to resign ourselves that the worst had come to pass. And the human race no longer existed. Uh, alright. Forget the Earth. How many people do you have here? Let's worry about them. Warn them. Your mind is troubled. You need to rest. I don't need rest. I need to get to your people. You've got to tell them. Tell them about the alien. I have had enough for now. Enough? Didn't you hear what I said? It could wipe out the entire population of this planet. It may have started already. Have there been any unusual deaths since I got here? No. And there will not be. Both the door. What is it? What's wrong? It would seem your patient is in a dangerous state. Nobody gets in or out until I say so. But I... Her meals... Nobody. Father, I, I don't understand. Now this is a classic alien situation. Yes. How many times can Alan Ripley wake up and go, You don't understand. <laughs> yes. I've, this has happened several times now. I know what there I'm talking about. There's an alien... On the loose. Do you, do you notice that everyone I traveled with is dead? Do you, yeah, exactly. you notice that? And I am telling you that this creature killed them. And they're always like, you're crazy. You're crazy, woman. <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking about? Uh, again, though, not dissimilar to the uh, actual Alien 3 Correct. scene where, again, she tells them, hey, look, something was in the pod and it's on this planet and they dismiss her. Okay, so that's what's happening with Ripley. Okay, but yeah. what's uh, what's going on with this alien? I thought this was an alien film. Oh no, yeah, it doesn't okay. cut scene, does it? Let's uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's see what's happening outside. So later that night, is he waking up on a different hospital bed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Where yeah. is she? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get away from her. <laughs> There's other aliens in little lab coats. <laughs> Brother Xenomorph. <laughs> uh, so later that night, Brother John, he's interrupted by another monk, Brother Graham. Who comes up to him, sort of hysterical? He's he's asking him, could, "Can you come and have a look at my sick sheep?" Oh no! Like I know you're a physician, but maybe you could do some veterinary work as well. So they approach uh, Brother Graham's barn with a lit torch. They raise that barn? <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> Just moments ago, uh, they're trying to illuminate. It's dark now, obviously. They're walking sure. around with this this uh, torch. They find the sheep lying on its side, breathing very heavily. Brother John sort of looks around. He finds a mucus-like substance on the seat. On the sheep. This is no good. Oh, yeah, we've seen that mucus before, Cameron. <laughs> the sheep starts shaking and quivering, yeah? Starts turning back and forth, twisting. Brother John tries to, to hold it down. The sheep shakes violently, so violently that it explodes open. A chest burster appears, twitching in the carcass of the sheep. This has the characteristics of the animal in which it gestated. Tiny, razor-sharp sheep teeth. Sheep teeth? Yes, that's hard to say. Um, the body was covered in gore-matted wool. Yeah, and it was a quadruped. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, wait. This is next level. Brother John <laughs> looks at it in terror. Brother Graham, overcome with, with fear, grabs a pitchfork from next to him and thrusts it into the creature. It wails as he lifts it up, throws it into the fire to burn. The monks look at each other as they've just seen the devil himself. Wait, so you're telling me yes. that this movie had 
Sheep aliens. Ah, uh, yes. And would you like to have a look at a bit of a, <laughs> oh, an image that we found? Absolutely. This will blow your mind. You have to check this out if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do I explain this? Okay. Um, it, uh, again, check the link in the bio. You'll be able to see it on our, on our blog. It is a, a, a ball of wool with a xenomorph head. What look like small protrusions on its yeah. back. And then long, gangly alien feet and <laughs> It is the weirdest looking thing, is it not? Because <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, the, uh, the Alien 3 that did come out, the one that uh, David Fincher directed, has an alien dog. And a, a, dog lot, alien. a lot of yes. people were angry at the alien dog because it looked a little silly compared to the alien that they've seen, which is kind of part man. Yep. Could you imagine people's reactions to an alien sheep? Man, it, they would have blown the roof off. But this this actually brings me to another question for Cambo. Yes. Okay. I'd like to know what would be the coolest alien animal combination. So the, the face tagger goes on yep. an animal, yep. comes out. What would be the coolest one in your mind? Megalodon. What were you thinking? Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> that little face tagger. Because because megalodons are so big that when the mouth opens and the small mouth comes out, that's still pretty big. <laughs> that's very big. <laughs> That'll still eat you. I'm, I'm thinking. I think I would love to see. I'm not sure how it would work. A scorpion alien oh, okay. would be sick. Yeah, it'd be a big scorpion to get inside. This is this is true. This is true. But maybe it grows bigger. Yeah, but you want the big alien tail with the little stinger. Yeah, on top. exactly. So that because and but I, I want the pincers, like the actual pincers, because oh, yeah. they already have the sharp tail. Yeah. But add the pincers to grip and stuff. I think there's so many cool alien combinations that we've never seen. Yeah, that's um, true. Which would be awesome. Like what yeah. what would a what would a sloth alien look like? <laughs> well, cuz I'm looking d- right down to the bottom of my list and it says sheep, right? <laughs> yeah. Right down oh, there the the people no one wants to see. <laughs> like I'd take a pig over a sheep. Just cuz I think <laughs> Well, a pig alien actually would be pretty cool. Yeah, right? Cuz like especially if it's a big hog or something like that. Oh, yeah, like a boar. Yes, yeah. Like, See, like Bebop and Rocksteady from <laughs> Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Do you think that's their origin? Yeah, yes. Exactly. It, it's, it's not that they were morphed by chemicals or whatever their origin is. It's actually that they were infected by an by alien. alien. That's, and that's what's birthed. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> but I do. I would like just to see someone's like creations of all these different animal yeah, aliens. I, I wonder think if there sick. is like some kind of fan blog out there that is like the Xenomorph just- Cross. That's a cool combination, but we've got sheep aliens at the moment, which is it is what it is. Yeah, uh, the idea of a furred alien <laughs> is creepy. As fur is okay, woolly wool, is different. Yeah, sorry, no, you corrected <laughs> me there. Yeah, wool. I don't mind the idea of a furred alien in the way that ho- an, uh, like a hyena is furred. But yeah, that's true. A, a yeah, sheep so is sheep is wool. wool. <laughs> <laughs> so we now obviously all the monks have sort of heard about this. Mm-hmm. So they're all getting a bit, bit upset. But they, they burnt it alive. Yeah, they burnt this one alive. This one oh, no. alive. Let something Oh, slip. watch out. So obviously they've uh, they become upset and uh, they, they rush to Ripley's room uh, in the morning and they, they pick her up and they drag her out. There is suddenly hundreds of monks sitting outside following her and they drag her into the, a big tribunal room. Yeah, big grand right. hall, yeah. And it's set up like a, a kangaroo court. Oh. And they, they put her up in the stand. The abbot and five of the eldest monks sit at a long table facing the witness stand. This can't be happening. You have no voice in this tribunal. You must listen to me. You're all in terrible danger. It came with me on the ship. Evil. Yes, the ship rotted. Not evil. It brought the alien. I told you it's here. Oh, but we know the name of the evil that it brought. Brought technology. Technology to destroy this planet just as surely as it destroyed the Earth. I was on Earth less than a year ago. It's still there. People, cities, all still there. All dead. It's still there. You could not have been on Earth one year ago because there is no Earth to be on. For at least... 20 years now. I haven't been floating in space for 20 years. Let me get to my ship and I'll prove it. No. Who who knows what evil she's released if allowed back into that infernal machine? Don't let her. This is reality. There is a xenomorph loose on this planetoid. An alien. It must have stowed away on my ship. Must have killed... Newt. 
killed the girl I brought with me. You can't stop it. It grows inside you like an egg. G grows. Explodes out of you. Keeps growing into some sort of monster. Kills you. Kills all of you. Who are you people? Look at you. All of you, the way you're dressed. This isn't the Middle Ages. You're in space on an artificial planet. What are you doing out here? Isn't there anyone here who'll listen? I guess not. I can't believe this. Then there is no choice. The evil is inside of you. And I cast you down to be locked away. And may God have mercy on your soul. So, so, okay, she's been dragged into a, uh, not a court of law, but, you know, like yeah. a, a courtroom and accused of bringing the evil to the planet. Correct. There are a couple of things I can see in that scene. And one of them feels like a studio note, <laughs> which is uh, she does explain the process of how an alien. Yes, yes. Comes very, to me, very well which picked seems, up. Which seems like a producer going like, what if they've never seen the other aliens? They've got to explain how it works. And even just like uh, she, she does something that people never do, which is she explains out loud her predicament. Yes. I don't get it. You're dressed like monks. You're in space and you won't believe me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can see how frustrating that is. <laughs> but now so we've, we're, we're back in that classic thing of she's in prison now. Yep. There's an alien menace out there. No one believes her and things like that. Um, but they're about to believe her. Oh, no. Ripley is now imprisoned in the, the lowest levels of the orbiter. Yeah. She resigns herself to her fate. She's, she's locked up in there. Her escape pod is, is now covered and sealed. They've actually sealed it up. Um, they've raised she, another barn. They've, they've, in there. Yeah, they've literally <laughs> hidden it behind a barn. Fortunately, Brother John does not share the abbot's belief that Ripley is to blame for the events of the monastery. He goes to the library to find all he can about this the devil, they call it, the serpent, the devil. Classic Brother John, always at the library. He, yeah, no, he's always at the library. Um, he's looking at pictures of serpents and, and beasts and horns and humanoids and things like that. He eventually decides to, to head into the lower levels to actually speak to Ripley and get advice uh, from her about this situation. We then cut to the Abbey Lavatory at night. Yeah, So their lavatories are set up in an enormous room. It's almost like a football field. Okay. Yeah. Hundreds of open toilet stalls facing hundreds of wall-mounted sinks as well. It's a facility that's been created for a, a much larger number of colonists than are left. There are several monks talking while going about their business, washing their hands and going to the toilet. And suddenly, mid-conversation, a scream. <laughs> One monk is pulled straight down the into toilet. the toilet. <laughs> then another... Then another, oh. then a shot of something sneaking up from between a monk's legs as he sits there on the toilet. It's a tail. It goes between his legs and then slashes at his gut, spilling his intestines onto his lap as he screams. Another body is then dragged below. The monk's sitting down, hearing the screams and see the toilets like bumping up as his body's dragged along the sewerage section. They feel the movement of the ground underneath him. Then a shot of the sinks as all the faucets start to spray blood. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that's a there, cool scene. Okay, let's count the things we've had so far in this movie. We've had a sheep alien. Yep. We've had a toilet horror scene. <laughs> yeah. We've had a kangaroo court. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> I tell you, I look. You've got more concept art. Now, I've got, I've got, a, I've got another picture of what what this uh, scene would look like. There's the uh, oh, the lavatory right. so, one. Yeah, they're, they're very medieval. Yes, toilets. it's like the wooden sort of toilet, and you oh see the alien God. coming up from underneath. Yeah, that's so cool. It looks really cool, actually. Yeah, I I really love this aesthetic. Yeah, like this um this like everything is old and and I mean we've said it a million times but like old and wooden and it, it looks like uh it's like Alien is crossed with Game of Thrones. Yeah, it feels very like that, yeah. doesn't it? I just I love the idea of it <laughs> if it's scuttling around the sewerage system yeah. and like pulling sucking yeah. people into and I can the I can really it's see like a, it's like a scene out of Train Spotting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I can really see that. Yes, really clearly in my head of like people just going bang, yeah, bang, bang, bang. absolutely looks really cool that's a that's a cool scene 
Oh, I think that would be a sick scene to see in an alien film. Like, really sick. And because I think everybody, this is what's kind of good about this scene. Everybody has a vulnerability about <laughs> sitting <laughs> on the toilet. toilet yes. And I think everyone has had the irrational fear. Maybe it's because we live in Australia, I don't know, of yeah. like a spider yeah. or something back being on the in toilet the bowl. Seat. Yes. So then praying on that idea that not, not, not a spider, but a, an alien that's ripping people through the sewer system. It, it's because you are so vulnerable. You yes. get your pants down or in this case, your robes yeah. off. Because not only do you die, but you look silly. Yeah, you look silly. <laughs> and a spare moment for the monk being dragged through the sewage pipe yeah. before he gets turned into blood faucets. <laughs> yeah, the blood faucets. That's oh, an man. interesting take. <laughs> Just bang, filled with blood. Because that means- like, why Why do they- Because someone would have needed to turn them on. <laughs> Kevin, are you thinking about this too much? Because <laughs> that means, like, there could have been blood in those faucets for several days. And they're like- Could have been that- storing yeah. up the blood. Yeah, yeah could. Or someone comes out being like, I'm all covered in blood from the massacre. I'll wash this off. Turn the tap, more blood. <laughs> Joke's on you, more blood. <laughs> Try to clean your hands, mate. Okay. So that has- Mayhem has erupted outside. And then we cut back to Ripley in her cell. Seemingly by herself. But then she hears a a tapping to the cell next door. And she realises there's someone else down there with her. There's another prisoner. And this other prisoner's name is Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. Now, it turns out Anthony, he's not actually a human. Oh, he's not an android, is he? He's a bloody android. (laughs) There's one in every every alien film. It's a common thing. You've got Ian Holm in in, in Aliens. Aliens. You've got Lance Hendrickson in Aliens. So there's always the token android. Yes. there's Now, but interestingly to note, in, in the actual Alien franchise, what they have actually done, and it's it's broken in this film. Maybe that's why this one didn't get made. But every every Alien film, the android starts with a different letter of the alphabet in order because oh. you have, remember, you have Ash. Yep. Then you have and Bishop, Bishop. And then there, there isn't one in the third one. But in the fourth one, there's Alien Resurrection. There is, I think it's called Cell it's or, right. or it's something like that. And then, of course, in Prometheus, it's David. David. So they're going in that yeah. little order. Whereas this is, this is Anthony. I, so. I, I, I never knew that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. Just a little thing that they've done, and then the next one will be what? Well, what was, was Ed, there? Was there Edward? one in Alien Covenant? <laughs> yeah, well, no, that was still David in Alien Covenant. Oh, now they've done two D's. Yeah, double D. It goes A B gap C D <laughs> D. <laughs> the classic nursery <laughs> yeah, rhyme. Yeah. So we're now in this cell, and uh, Ripley starts talking to Anthony. The, the and straight up he says he's an android. Well, see, this is what it's interesting because in the first Alien, they weren't aware that Ash was an android. Correct, and that is sometimes a factor in these movies that someone's an android but you don't know. Yeah, this would have been an interesting reveal back in the toilet massacre from the faucets. Instead of blood comes the milky white <laughs> from the androids. <laughs> like, They're all huh, androids. Yeah, wow. Did you know that brother Tim was an android? <laughs> So, and they don't try and hide it as well. They just say, look, I'm an android because this is actually ties into the reason that he's been in prison down there for being banished was because he is technology. Technology, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, he was originally just working there as a normal monk until they found out that he was an android and they banished him because of it. So, then Ripley passes their time downstairs talking to Anthony about her experiences with the xenomorphs and her knowledge of the creature. Then Brother John arrives, uh, begs Ripley for help. She basically tells it like all hell's breaking loose up there. Although she initially refuses to go to fight the xenomorph, she sees it as a futile act. Like you you, you can't do it. Yeah, what's the point? However, she's ultimately convinced to help because obviously that will allow her to be free. Mm. Um, and keep she, the movie going as well. Keep the movie going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she just stays in herself for the whole thing. Um, and she also says that Anthony will have to come with us because I like this guy now. Yeah. Even though in the other ones she has not liked the androids. She's come around. Because Ash tried to assault her in the first one. Yes. Um, but then I suppose Bishop was... Yeah, he, 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 was good he was yeah. a good egg. He was a good egg. He was a good egg. So they then come up with a plan together. They all start talking together and they get told, Brother John tells him about a technology room. Oh. Yes. So it's a chamber where the station's air and gravity are produced in the hopes of finding something in there that they could use as a weapon. Oh, these guys are phonies. Yeah, I know. They're, they're using phonies. technology the whole time. Yeah. Well, they need to breathe. I'm glad they did that toilet massacre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so then they, they start, they go, okay, let's get out of here. So Brother John reveals that the, the order of the, uh, the orbiter itself, they started out as an anti-technology movement on Earth. 
So they were actually, they became like a cult on earth about anti-technology, which grew exceptionally, like everyone started to come to it once this computer virus sort of wiped out a huge portion of technology and data and everything started to go a bit haywire. So they said, you know what, we're not relying on technology anymore. People then flocked to their cause and they rejected all modern technology. Now, this, of course, upset Whalen yutani I can yeah? imagine. The tech company. <laughs> correct. So their profits started to go out the window and everything like that. So as a result, the movement's members were actually banished aboard the Archeon for the crime of political heresy. So I've got, uh, I've got a theory then. Hit me. This, is, this is a bit of a fan theory. Do you think this is the crossing of James Cameron franchises and that virus is Skynet. Man, this could be worlds colliding. <laughs> this could be worlds colliding right here. But I think they're now on they've got a mission now to yep. get to the technology yep. room to yep. find something to to, to, to kill yep. this xenomorph. Yep. Yeah. So they, they don't know what's in the technology room, but they think there could, could be, be a, a weapon. Because Brother John's never even been in there. Right. Well and why would he's a good monk? Yeah, exactly. He's a bloody good monk. Yeah, no no books in there. <laughs> Oh boy, we have come to the end of part one of Vincent Ward's Alien 3. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. It really does help us get discovered in the charts. It would also be terrific if you could give us a five-star rating or most important of all, tell a friend. We're completely independent here at Cancel Movie Report, so your support really does mean the world to us. And hey, what do you think of the movie? Did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us via cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all the socials. And hey, maybe you have a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about. Why not let us know? You can fill out the form in the episode description alerting us to a project and we may give it the cancelled movie report treatment. I'm Michael Campbell. I hosted and edited this episode. Aidan Porter was my co-host too. We both produced the show and Sam DiLorenzo was the sound engineer. We would also like to thank our amazing voice cast, all of which you can find in the show notes. Make sure you keep listening next week for part two of Vincent Warren's Alien 3. But here's a sneak peek for you. How long has this been? Yeah, well, it's, I know, it's all happening pretty quick, isn't it? It's this real alien is not messing around because Ripley woke up like an hour ago in a hospital and admired the idyllic land, like landscape. And now it's a hellscape. But that is not until next week. And until then, take care. <laughs>